Is the podcast started, by the way? Yeah. Right. Straight in. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. That's brilliant, that's. I should probably read it out for the listeners. Yeah, because it's just a private joke. (laughs) Someone's written, Gotta respect the longevity of Microsoft Word. Nothing about it works, and it's still the standard. Want to move an image? Go to hell. Edit a PDF? Edit your expectations. Ignore a spelling mistake? How about suck my dick? That'll be $150. (laughs) I mean, to, to be fair, like, pages is even worse. So, like, it's it's not as though Apple are winning at everything. Like, Numbers is way worse than Excel. Pages is worse than Word. I'd say Keynote's better than PowerPoint. Yeah, I think it is. Only marginally, mind. But you're right. There's, it's opening up for all these new... There's a new one that I've been playing with recently, which does have potential... What for though? Like, I suppose you maybe have to, but like, I can't remember the last time I had to produce a document. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Well, this is more of a like prototyping, note taking tool called Clover, and it just loves it to use the page as a completely blank canvas. Mm. But things where you want to draw arrows, like basically sketch, but with all the extra formatting features of Notion and cross linking that. Rome research has and indexing like Evernote. So I think things are going that way for people to have a, a workspace that's better than Microsoft Word. Right. I just can't believe it's taking this long. It's 2021. There's just no incentive because the number of people who care are so small that like the number of people who think there's anything wrong with Microsoft Word is pretty tiny. Really. Problem unaware, aren't they? And like they have to make the thing for the problem unaware people because that's the, that's where the hundreds of millions of people exist. Yeah, otherwise, and it leaves people like you to sort of pick around in the dirt for the the niche thing that's going to be released in six months' time, and then it gets released and it's sort of been duct taped together. And, but like you, filing, filing for gold. Would you be more happy? I'm really interested to see what you say to this. Would you be happier if you knew in six years' time that it'll be the ultimate software? <laughs> What I really enjoy is the the eye scanning and you're just checking that they're not coming to the front door. <laughs> in the middle of a Instagram live yesterday, there was a chap, sorry, today actually, a chap in a Burberry cap 
like the typical, the classic stereotype and his mate just sat on my wall, like drifting around my front door and then sat on my wall. And you're like, ah, oh, don't, don't knock, like you just go away. And they, they sat on the wall and like argued for a bit and then carried on. You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I love that you're fine with them sitting on your wall as long as they don't disturb you. Well, yeah, if you're mid-recording, the last thing you want. Yeah, that's true. Excuse me, can I? Or, or like, you want to buy a fellow duster? <laughs> I'd like to share the, um, the story of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, like, please, I'm recording. Like, unless you want to come as a podcast guest and talk about cold approach marketing, and how not to do it. Yeah, I got I got an opening the other day, which was, um, "Hello, sir, are you the man of the house?" Like you've lost me. You had you had seconds, and you've already lost me. Like, I already know. No matter what it is, even if it's the solution I'm looking for, I'm gonna say no to the next thing you said. Yeah. Um, but he'll have read some like Grant Cardone twelve page PDF that talks about getting people to say yes, and if people say yes all the time, then you know eventually they buy. That's true. Although I mean, you can have a lot of fun with that in today's world of gender identity. Yeah. How dare you? He's eating my gender. He didn't look like the sort of guy who was up for a gender debate. It, he had a bag of things to sell and he didn't have much time. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the question was, would you be happier knowing that like there might be the perfect solution to all of these sort of tech problems or software problems, but you've got to keep looking for it? Or would you want, do you want just the perfect version of it right now? Like which would give, so I suppose what I'm asking is, do you, is it the search that's exciting? Is it like the the constant incremental gains and the, the possibility of something being released in in winter? Is that more exciting than the thing or do you just want the perfect solution? I think in, in the past I quite enjoyed because the technology was developing so fast. Whereas now I have dropped my expectations a bit and I'm happy to just take something which does most of the job. Because right. right now we're at the point where we're just before the singularity of note-taking apps. Everything, all the features that one, someone could possibly want are available, but they're across different apps. And so there's maybe five or six market leaders that have some of the best features, but none of, none of them have all of them in one. Mm. So Apart from OmniFocus, of course. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I've learned to just think like, you know what, Apple Notes, it's got speed, it's got quick capture, it doesn't have all the fancy features, but I'm happy to just take that on the chin for now because in two or three years it'll slowly adopt i mean tags are on their way it'll adopt cross-linking um and you just think well it's like if if you've got a we're, we're all going to mars next year let's say and all these different companies are offering like a seat on their spaceship like getting on apple's spaceships probably a fairly safe bet because you just get they're just going to look after you aren't they well that yeah that's exactly it it's like so wherever wherever the tech's going, if I'm just if I just even if it's a bit shit, if I trust Apple Notes, probably they're not gonna like launch at the wrong angle and crash into the sea. <laughs> Whereas like, some of these newer things might. I'm trying to think of an example, but it's kind of like so I think a lot of the Android devices and kind of independent tech is like buying an Alfa Romeo car. It's yeah. Lovely but it works for maybe 7% of the time that you have it on the road and there's always something that could go wrong with it. Whereas Apple, it's not quite the same, but Apple's like buying a Volvo. 
that you know very safe 40 years it's going to be running for yeah and like the best safety ratings of any car <laughs> very fuel efficient very well made yeah yeah it's i mean that said though i still don't use reminders I, it would take a lot i think for me to use reminders although that's that's not entirely true there are some things i use reminders for it's very behind though isn't it well i don't know whether it is I remember but it might be it might be ahead well it's got like location-based reminders and all the natural language processing and stuff but i remember us talking about this a while ago saying that potentially their business model is to deliberately not allocate much resource to these things so that they can provide a platform for the app store and they make more profit from having an open market yeah reminders apps that they can just charge 30 percent of the subscription fee so yeah and then let the innovation happen like create the free market let all these people scramble for a bit bits of profit here and there by launching new features because i i imagine if if apple remind like apple could easily acquire things omnifocus to do is like just, just eat them all up by accident and you, they would acquire all of them and the head of finance wouldn't even know that they'd done <laughs> they'd done that <laughs> i'm serious as well oh, yeah, i just spent a couple of hundred sorry who, who are you again Oh, you are. All right. Oh, we bought things, haven't we? Yeah, fantastic. Just yeah. The competition. Like suddenly, now the whole level, the whole playing field has leveled. The only, the only like counter argument to that is that I imagine most people download like Candy Crush rather than OmniFocus and things and Tick Tick. So like, it's not like they produce their own Candy Crush and it's native on all of the on all of iOS. But they do make their own to-do list management system. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's terrible. <laughs> it does seem like they're more interested in market share from being the market maker. So, Apple Arcade rather than Apple Games. Yeah. And so, yeah. and I see that Netflix are doing it too now. So Netflix are launching; they're entering the video game subscription space. Are they? Which is threatening Apple. So. Wow, we're just we're just all moving towards. This. That's really interesting because I was just discussing Netflix with someone the other day and how they uh, their revenue. So have have a have a crack. At, you might know this. Have a crack at what Netflix's annual. Bearing in mind that at the moment, it's made up of exclusively people paying ten dollars a month. Okay, so it's going to be into the hundreds, isn't it? Maybe thousands. pounds. Yeah, oh, thousands of pounds. Yeah. Well, it's in dollars. So it'd be even bigger. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it might be tens of thousands of dollars, for example, if it was that, let's say it was 8,000 pounds. <laughs> and a Domino's pizza in Iceland. Oh, yeah, at least. I'm not very good at guessing revenues, but that's, I'm going to have to just do a couple of. So let's say. This is it. We're, we're about to witness a napkin calculation here. Yeah. From you, sir. <laughs> well, probably sometimes. We're gonna have to say like 400 million people probably have Netflix. Okay. Is that right? Uh, so four point. No, that can't be right. That cannot be right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 400 million. Okay, no, I'm gonna say 40 million. See, so for, for if it was 40 million, it would be 480 billion dollars per year, per month. Per month. Uh, yeah, so, so not less than that. So it is. I'll give you that. 
4.8 trillion per year. But my previous calculation was 4.8 trillion per month, which is just... <laughs> That's extravagant, isn't it? Being <laughs> Shall I put you out of your misery? Please do. Because you, you, at this point, you're so far away that it's <laughs> you have to really, really revise. So in Q1 of 2021, they made 7.16 billion US dollars. So their run rate is to make about 29 billion this year. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> when you consider that all they do, and this is obviously what's just changed, but all they do is they make one thing. And that one thing, and there's a, there is actually a lesson here for fit pros to shoehorn something relevant in. What they've created is this situation where everything is completely aligned. So you pay $10 a month, or I can't even remember what Netflix is, but it's around that number. You pay that and you get access to everything you could possibly want, like way more than you could ever possibly consume. And all Netflix have to do is make the product brilliant. So they use all of that money to get people to stay by getting in the best actors and producing the best content and constantly making new things to make it engaging. And as a result, as a user, you just get for, for 10 quid, you get this constantly evolving, brilliant thing. And they have a recurring revenue of 7 billion a quarter. It makes for a, a great business model. And I'm seeing, so we just bought something today from Code Canyon, which is a marketplace for buying plugins and themes and that kind of thing. They're all like, $30, like the average price of a thing on Earth is $30. But they have a subscription service of $15 for all you can eat. Now, right. that, they've That's obviously clever. done the numbers there. They've obviously figured out that <laughs> yeah. over a year, it's more profitable for them to do a subscription service. And it's a no-brainer because you're like, well, even if I just wanted to buy one plugin for $45, that's three months of the of all you can eat so of course I would go for that mm. so the same applies for Netflix that if you want to buy a film or a box set or however else you would get hold of mm. it's the same price as a month yeah it's probably cheaper to just get a month of Netflix well it certainly is with Kindle isn't it so um, <laughs> you know they, they make the prices in books so ridiculous that you're like well <laughs> Well, now that so now there's a Kindle Unlimited subscription, which is like the same as Audible, but with Kindle. It's so clever. I mean, Amazon's revenue is, you know, well into the. the I think it might even be hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, so they they made in the first quarter fifty three billion. So they are four times the size of Netflix. Well, I suppose. But, this is probably a, a good platform to discuss how to price your online coaching as a as a fit pro. Something well, I was just about. Morning. Okay, I was just about to suggest that we take like because I think, funnily enough, there's a lot that we do that is based on these companies. So the lessons from Netflix, the lessons from Amazon, especially, um, and how they apply. But we can talk about price if you want. Was. The lessons, the lessons apply to price and product offering. They apply to everything. So like what I was going to say about Netflix was um, the conversation we had recently about like the direction of the fitness products we have, I think is very tightly based around the conversation we just had about Netflix. 
because we we have this problem or this situation in propane where like there is so much fitness information in the business that it's like what do we do with it so like we're not we're not no longer limited by like we need new products or we need new information it's what we have uh, what, what do you get the guess the hours are is it 100 hours no no it's it, it's i think it's a thousand ish a thousand hours in, this, is across, <laughs> this is across both of our um offerings i think just fitness probably about 250 300 hours um oh you include it right yeah, yeah. but yeah this is this is because we have a bit of a unique problem because we went through an obsessional phase of just churning out content like nothing else. Like mm. the only person I've seen who's probably more prolific of content is a guy who was on last week's podcast in Podcast Land called Armani Talks. Who right. does three YouTube videos a week, three podcasts and a certain number of tweet threads or something. He just quickly but but yeah, so I'm, we're finding it. We're at the point now where someone could ask us any question, pretty much, and we've got an article on it that we wrote in like 20, 2015. Or so I'm re- I'm referring to just paid stuff here. And I'm referring to like applies with paid, right? Um, both before and after the paywall, there's so much content that yeah, we're faced with the problem of like, okay, we can either package this up into lots of little bits, or we can do a Netflix. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the it's the direction we're moving in because it it kind of makes the most sense really from what from what we've got. So we have so like I'll give you an example, right? So Faster Fat Loss, which is an ebook I wrote in 20, 2018, 2017, maybe? Maybe before that. Before that. I mean I don't know how many copies have sold, but it's a lot. So like it's quite rare at this point that a day goes by where we don't sell an ebook, and it's it's one of the it's it's the worst of the, the two things V taper and in, in, uh, the faster fat loss ebook. We we sell a lot of them and we don't know why or where where from. Like we don't have systems that are advanced enough to to track it. Um, but it's it, they're only eight quid each, but it creates then people buying other things and all sort of stuff. So. We, I think we're going to move more towards this situation where it's just like education because people can basically get a a coaching experience. Like if you bought the propane protocol, for example, which is 200 quid at the moment. So if you bought that, you would get access to everything else, which is kind of like what Yusuf was saying about this. You either have a, a, a recurring monthly or you have a, a an all get, get everything, access to everything. There is There are so many training programs in that. There are so many explanatory videos. There's so much stuff that you can... I mean, you'd be set for years of training with just, if you just consume that information, it kind of makes more sense for us to move in that direction, which means kind of linked to the, the position Netflix is in, that puts us in this situation of like, well, how do we make that experience as good as possible? Or how do we make it kind of easy, as easy as possible to access the information or what can we add or what should we take away to sort of streamline this whole thing? Um, but the question we get asked a lot is like, should I be making that? And I think, well, I, I guess you can answer this. Like, how did we produce that? So you you have an FAQ section. I'll just pick one at random. This is open behind the, the Zoom. You have an FAQ section on just supplements. So how did you make 30 hours of question of answers to supplement questions? Yeah, and, and, and that's that's exactly the 
the thing to be asking, which is that when someone is starting from zero and they go, oh, God, like, I need to do that. That seems like a lot of work. and I'm going to have to sit down and do mm. Like, of course, it's going to seem overwhelming, but it, it never, when, what, what's happened is because we had systems in place that were just ticking that along, we were never thinking like, oh, we need to make X many hundred hours of this, yeah. this many programs. It, it's just, you're just building as you go along. And yeah. you, you at a certain point, you look at you look behind you at the pile of bricks that you've <laughs> turned into a big wall, and you're like, "Oh, okay, now I need to do something with this." So it kind of came about accidentally, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go into thinking I have to make this. Just do it responsibly, so that every time you get a question about something, it forms a piece of content, and eventually that takes form. And create a structure yeah. and then you can say right now we've got these pieces let's arrange them properly but in the short term the way to do that and to be paid to do that rather than trying to just build everything in advance is offer group coaching it's the model that johnny teaches in his um in his overview video of how we how we run propane it's just the the simplest most profitable way to offer your your coaching and the great side effect is that you end up creating gold standard content along the way that fully is philosophically aligned with your approach and your systems. Yeah. Because uh, all of the stuff, I was just looking through all the different categories. Um, so in supplements alone, I think there's 25 hours of, of just you, mainly you, giving like very specific answers. And then if I look in just like the more general stuff, so like looking diet Q&As, you've got questions, you've got answers about like dealing with premenstrual menstrual cravings, uh, dealing with menopause and HRT, dealing with weddings specifically. Yeah, I mean, these are all topics that if you sat down with a blank canvas and you were like, oh God, right, I've got to come up with a possible question, you're, you're going to miss the mark so much. Like I would never have sat down and thought, okay, I need to do a piece about interactions of SSRIs and sports supplements or anti-inflammatories yeah. and this and that. I mean, so many, where does fat go when you lose it? You'd have never made that ever. Feel like I'm undoing the fast that I've that I've done. That's on part of the the shred program. Should I skip breakfast? What if my week isn't typical? Prepping for photo shoots, uh, spot reduction reel. What if I have cravings at work? Improving poo quality. Like it, the list just goes on and on. What if <laughs> there's just a video called "Too Much Spinach"? I don't know what's in that one. <laughs> <laughs> but so these, the, the, this is the key point: is like people hear us talking about this, and people will ask us like what's the direction of propane? I'll explain it and they go, oh, that's what I want to do. I want this like huge repository of information, like an education business. But we didn't, at no point when we were making any of this, did we think that this is what we do. It was just that, as Yusuf says, like we did weekly Q and A's, we did weekly questions. We were constantly producing content for our group coaching clients. And when you, when you, when you clock like a hundred plus people in a program at any one time, there's a, you get a lot of questions and you're producing a lot of content. And so you end up in this situation where you're like, I've got all this material, what do I do with it? Um, this is and so, deal, isn't it? yeah, it is, and which is based on Amazon. It would be very easy for us to, like, if, if we hadn't made that decision to do weekly Q&As as a... It's coming to the door. 
not coming to the door, but I've just written, so there was somebody who I was at gymnastics with. Oh, and she was at gymnastics. And I was like, oh, she looks really familiar. I'm sure she's on my street. But I didn't want to go up to her and say, like, hi, do you live on XYZ? Because that's creepy. Mm. So I was just like, well, there's, I can't really broach the subject. So I've just seen her. So she confirmed does live on. Did she see you? And go, she didn't see me. Right. But now, so now how are you going to approach it? Well, I'm still in the same position, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, that very useful aside, I'm sure everyone needed to hear that. Everyone will feel much better now, yeah. Yeah. Much um, better. The, the concept of a flywheel or, the, or the, the risk that we took there was that if we hadn't done this process of weekly Q&As with a gold standard answer, preparing slides for it, chopping them up into smaller videos like yes it seems like a bit of a ball ache but you're kind of answering those questions anyway week to week if we hadn't mm. done it properly and gone gone the extra couple of uh yards to just turn it into a process and upload them then we would have been running a group program for three four years and have nothing to show for it just have a kind of mess of answers yeah and so that's the difference between like, just having a system that's slightly more thorough and creating like this accidental repository mm -hmm. you can then sell as a standalone thing <laughs> versus like just servicing a group program and just spinning new wheels. So I think yeah. to take that concept and that mental model and apply it to anything that you do, I think Johnny's much better at this than I am, which is making anything that you do the last time that you do it. And that, that goes for internal stuff, it goes for client-facing stuff, when you have a task that you're doing, like, right, okay, how can I either automate it or write out process notes for doing it or make it so that the thing I'm working on now continues to add value and continues to pay me long term? It's funny because I think you're better at that than me. But there you go. It, it needs a lot of like constant, constant work. work. Don't think yeah. it's the kind of thing that just happens automatically because it's not intuitive. It's not a very human way to think. And so when you're doing yeah. You always got to be like, oh. Well, something that I have this constant reminder every single day at the moment. So I'm building this, uh, it's a spreadsheet, but I'm building a spreadsheet that just makes ad decisions for me. So I it removes my, so like one of the hardest things, and this is something we teach a lot in the program. One of the hardest things with advertising is it's you've got to be very analytical and you've got to be very creative and it's very emotional because it's money, just spending money um, constantly. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I know what the inputs are. I know what like I should do, but I'll sometimes I'll sit down and like I've just come off the back of seven days of COVID bullshit and feeling terrible. So like, you try and make, you sit down, you open up your laptop and try and make a decision. It's pretty difficult to do that. So I've been making this set of systems that at this point is, is really quite complicated. There's a lot going on in the spreadsheet to do it for me. Um, and every time I sit down to to do this, it's it's not quite at the point where I can do it all for me yet. So I have this quandary of like, well, I could spend half an hour just improving the system. And in a month, I'll never have to do this again. Like I'll never have to sit down for half an hour and do this again because the spreadsheet will just tell me what to do. Or I can tell myself, oh yeah, but just today, I'll do it all manually today and tomorrow I'll work on it. And so I'm faced with this, literally this A-B choice every single day of like, I could build the machine that'll then take care of it forever in 20 days time, or I can still keep doing it manually every day. And it's easier to do it manually. 
everything. Yeah. Just stamp, stamping it out compared to like getting the fire extinguisher out and being like, right, I'm going to fully put this up. Well, it's building, a, it's building a fireproof structure. It's knocking everything down and building a fireproof structure so you never get a fire again. Like, I think one of the, the behavioral problems of, of, of this is that when you've automated something, the feedback loop of reward doesn't really exist because you've mm. done it and then you no longer have to deal with the bullshit again. And immediately there's like, a, oh, great, like I don't have to deal with that again. But then a week later, you've forgotten that was ever even a problem. And so you don't get that internal yeah. reinforcement for having like, solved something definitively because suddenly you have jumped onto the next problem. And and so that's I think that's why you have to always remind yourself consciously, like, oh, hang on, here are 20 processes that we never even have to think about. Mm. It used to be a real hassle, like producing podcasts number zero to 100 for the fitness podcast was highly manual, loads of editing, <laughs> lots of sending files to each other and then uploading it to the feed. And mm. now we have a process and a wonderful guy that does that for us. And he, his systems are built and efficient for that as well because that's, that's his entire workflow such that the, the friction to creating a podcast and is, is much lower. And that's how we're able to pump out the frequency it, that we do. It's really interesting though. So it's like, so the, the, I'll, I'll look at the podcast feed and I, I can't remember, I either can't remember recording them or like stuff's being put on there that I've got nothing, like no idea about like, you know, Alex did or Alex has done a monologue or you've done a monologue or whatever. I don't get the same sense of like, we have a podcast that I used to. Mm. when we were doing it all manually. So even the first few episodes of the business podcast were me like walking to a coffee shop, doing it on my phone. And I would like get to the coffee shop. I would edit the file. I'd upload it to the podcast platform. I'd make the album artwork. And I did have a sense of pride about it. The first like seven or eight episodes that's completely gone. So it is this, this thing. Of, so I'm like less aware of the fact that we have a podcast. So it's less rewarding in and of itself. Yeah. But um, by doing that, you'd no longer, that would take time out from you being able to work on other parts of the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the same with content creation as well. I mean, Alex is great for this, where he, I remember you saying, he'll just like call you on Zoom. You're like, right, Johnny, I'm going to pin you down at three o'clock. I'm going to call you. He just asks you questions. And then yeah. and from your perspective, you just turn up to a Zoom call, answer some questions, and then. He produced an entire article about how to deadlift 300 kilos by just ringing me one time. <laughs> Let me see if it's... That's incredible. I'll Google it, yeah. How to deadlift over 300 kilos. It's an entire... It's like a thousand words. And it's all me, but I didn't write the article. Awesome. But yeah, so funny enough, I was speaking to someone this morning who was saying that she almost feels like she does the whatsapp message support thing in her coaching because it it kind of allows the feeling that if she replies to messages she's helping like that's her clients are sorted mm. and there's an interesting contrast between that and we were definitely there like not even that long ago in the scheme of the business we were there and then yesterday i saw someone tagged you in a medium article about the results they got with an ebook you wrote back in like four years ago, five years ago, isn't it? Yeah. So it comes, it, it comes back to the question of how do you make, how do you provide the best service for your customers? And if that does like, so could you have helped Josh, what was his name? Could you have helped Josh in the same way if you tried to like do it over WhatsApp? 
versus sitting down. Yeah. And so even if I gave him my level best and tried really hard, I wouldn't have been able to come up with the kind of the full structure and everything. You know, on on a fresh day when I'm clear headed and have the time and all that stuff. There's so many ifs. Mm. To sit down and be like, right, I'm going to write you out this program. But instead, do it once, do it well, post it as a book. And for the sake of eight pounds, like, you're not going to get 15 kilograms on your bench and add 10, 10 reps to your pull up. We're cheaper than that, really. So, yeah. I mean, I think we have, so we sell the protocol now for more than we used to. So there's, there's less support in inverted commas in the protocol than when it was first released. It's worth, it's priced higher. But there's, as we've said, there's, there's like hundreds of hours of information in there. And I sometimes still have this feeling, like you'll see us, we'll see a sale happen and you feel this like, oh God, like what's that person get? Like, should I ring them? You know, should I, you're like the coach kicks in and then you remember, hold on. <laughs> like when we produce that and over the years of improving it and everything we add to it, it's actually now better that I don't get involved because I'm just going to muddy it up. Well, like I... <laughs> There's a good example of this, and I'm, I'm I'm very glad. It's one of the things that the NHS actually does right, which is the... So have a look at NICE guidelines, if you go to chat. Um, or NICE. NICE, the acronym. Yeah, or NICE CKS. What, what they have is a set of practitioner-based guides. So if you have someone with bleeding between their periods or new onset depression or whatever it is like some presentation and this is because for context i'm working as a gp effectively at the minute so i turn up and the the wheel of fortune rolls and i just get a bunch of people come in one after the other with a random problem anything yeah i have to just deal with it so i rely very heavily on national guidelines because they give you a medically and legally defensible approach to follow um they give you algorithms it gives you all that stuff and you can be like right okay you've got this thing if it's the criteria do this and then when someone leaves you might say oh here's some self-management stuff you can do i would recommend this oh, okay you're anxious and stressed like rather than me explaining some stress management techniques to you when i'm when we've got seven minutes and i'm like trying to type up the notes and do multiple things at once that, that's going to be a mess like if I try and like distill that where I was looking um, there's a whole NHS set of information and leaflets that have been written for patients and also so there's patient.info as well very similar kind of thing and you can text it to them so you can say ah on your way out I'm going to text you a link that's got the recommendations for you so it feels very similar to having a bank of FAQs that, <laughs> that is kind of approved of by you as part of the, yeah. uh, the philosophical consistent yeah. approach. So I had that this morning with a with a business client this time. They're like, what how do I uh so they haven't run Facebook ads for a while, went to launch a new Facebook ad, ran up against all the iOS 14 problems. Like, how do I solve this? I just send them a single link. So I used our own, this was when it's brilliant. I used our own nice guidelines database. So I just went on, searched the question as a user, because I knew I'd produced it. I didn't know what it was called. Searched the question. Oh yeah, here it is. Sent the link, done. And I know that when I made that, I put time and attention into it to make sure it answered the question. Well, you'd have given the answer if you tried to just do it off the cuff today. Yeah. 
it is amazing actually how I can't think of an example other than like remembering a subject that you like revised for at school. So like if you if you try to like write an essay that's something you produced at school, you could probably have a crack at it. Like you'd produce like an overview. But if you read the essay, you'd be like, oh my God, I got, how did I know all this stuff about this this topic? Yeah, exactly. And and it's funny because when you make content, when you make enough content, people assume that you're always at the peak of your exam prep, basically. Yeah. Every yeah. Topic. And it's like, oh, Johnny, do you still do the DeFranco seven <laughs> format thing? And have- That's such a good example. <laughs> and, like, this particular protocol when you're doing this and studying alternate day fasting. And mm. you're like, well, no, like I, I just did that. And when I was in the depths of it, I wrote an article about it. And that, mm-hmm. and that was it. So yeah. That, it, it's kind of great in a way, but it also people assume that you're you've peaked for that particular essay I, I was thinking about that the other day that like if someone was like right Johnny you've got a week you're going to turn up to all of the exams that you've ever done in your life not allowed any prep like how many could you pass yeah I, I don't think I'd pass many of them yeah there's very few that <laughs> which I think says a lot about exams yeah, actually that's, that's frightening isn't it mm. like that it, it's like training you to learn in a very inefficient way. I mean, would, would you even pass your GCSEs? Like, I don't. I think there'd be some I'd have a really good go at. Like, I feel like GCSE biology, for example. I bet you'd be able to pass that. You reckon? Yeah. Biology, yeah. I mean, but that's because it's been so fresh in my mind for so long. But like Arabic, chemistry, religion. Chemistry, no. Definitely chemistry, no. I feel like English and maths. Hopefully, there'd maybe be some like specific maths things that. Um, I wouldn't be able to pass. But English, you'd, you'd be asked about like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Like, what did Mr. Darcy ex- like think of the main character? I, did, I mean, I did. I did Canterbury Tales by Chaucer. Like, it's a like it's not even English. It's not even modern day English. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have after this podcast. I'm gonna have a look at the GCSE and A level maths papers and just see. What? What is a shame is that like we did all this stuff at a time when none of this was digitized. So like there'll be there'll be kids sitting these exams now who in ten years' time will be able to look back on their GCSE revision and look back on their their GCSE exams and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely definitely can't pass this. But things like you know percentages, decimals, basic like addition, subtraction, etc., bod mass, I feel <laughs> I feel comfortable with that. Um, but as soon as you get into sort of the more uh, like algebra, some like specific algebra, when you just don't do it in daily life, I think you 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 forget rules and you forget principles, and before you know it, it's impossible. I think the shorter questions are always the the worst. Like single sentence. Describe Descartes' ontological argument. <laughs> ontological. Or like explain inflation. Oh, like essay question. Here we That's go. a good point, actually. Could I do GCSE? Having done a degree in it, could I do GCSE economics? Yeah. Ooh, there's a lot of above. But it, it it really diverges though. Like the more as you experience, like ask a cardiology consultant a year one 
medical question. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there'd be some that would catch them out. Well, the, there's also the classic, classic chemistry teacher thing that they love to say, which is, welcome to lower sixth form, everyone. So now that it's day one, all the stuff you've learned about GCSE chemistry, forget it all because it's all wrong. It was yeah. and we're starting again. You're like, oh, so like there's some examples i'm just looking up some some of the basic gcse physics formulae that you need to know so speed for example what is speed something over something this is like this is uh, yes correct what is um (laughs) you've got to really recall it so that is number one on the list what is force force equals mass acceleration that's also correct what is weight in newtons something multiplied by something it's like newton's times gravitational field or something oh so close so it's mass times gravitational field strength right so those are all of you know the very uh the very like pg before 8 p.m questions then you get into like the refractive index which is the sign of the angle of incidence divided by the sign sign of the angle of refraction refraction stupid little calculator yeah. Use the sign function and they have to check that you weren't writing the word boobies on your calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mate, don't worry. I don't know how to use a graphical calculator. Like, if you give me the most advanced calculator, I, it won't give me any advantage in this exam. Yeah, it'll slow me down. Just step off, leave me alone. So. <laughs> there were, I remember in GCSEs, I think it was the first exam you did where we were allowed to bring in like, snacks and and drinks and some people absolutely took the piss like i can remember one person bringing in a full packed carrier bag full of like uh madeleines and, and croissants and, and sandwiches and like if you had that an, an hour and a half or two hours at home you wouldn't get through that food so how are you going to do it during a timed exam such a good point <laughs> and eating is time consuming well not for yeah <laughs> for me it's just incidental like I, I eat, yeah, yeah. It's just it's happening anyway. It's completely involuntary. <laughs> um, eating. So, so many people say to me like, "You should try an eating competition," but I just I don't think I've got it in me. I don't think I've got the. You can choose as well. Like, what what food would you? What division would you enter for the type of food? It would probably be bread based. <laughs> Very stodgy. But so that's that's why I've picked it. So I feel like I have a you, you've got to look where you've got the relative advantage, don't you? It's like where is it quite difficult? But I find it quite easy. <laughs> I think that's a great way of looking at it. So I think based on that criteria then for me it would be chicken thigh. Yeah. Um Yeah, there's a lot of barriers in chicken chicken thighs, isn't there? Well, I think when in the competitions they do it as like shredded chicken thigh so it's kind of shawarma type consistency uh, okay you're very good you, you quite like eating with your hands aren't you yeah you could just like- i feel like i'm not very good with that like I, I feel like i make more mess like more food goes around my mouth than in yeah. <laughs> whereas a sandwich like a sub a sub subway sandwich just straight down next one put them on a conveyor belt yeah which i i would find very hard to do so. i think i'm I, something else i'm good at is quest bars so things that um Unit. Things that are for some, for yeah, well, but, but things that for some reason a lot of people need a glass of water with, I just don't. So I can eat without a drink, two quest bars, no problem. We should try 
Mm. When, once you're post-COVID, mm. we should try what some of those challenges because there's there's one with bananas, there's one with crackers. Oh yeah, cinnamon challenge. I feel like the cinnamon challenge is in a different ball game though. That's because is that or is it nutmeg? There's something that like gives you a a trip. Is it nutmeg? Nutmeg, yeah. Right, cinnamon's different. Fever dreams, basically. That sounds great. Just what you want. There is, um, I think, a slice of bread in less than a minute is really hard to do. It's one of those things. So if you get like an A4 <laughs> standard issue piece of bread, um, like white Warburton's bread, um, and try and eat that in less than a minute, it is a lot harder than you think. It's seconds. Yeah, exactly. It, it lures you in. You think, oh, I'll definitely be able to do that. I but you it's normally eat it with toasted, though, don't you? So, well, or with condiments on, or with with filling. But a single dry piece of bread is a lot harder than you'd think. I'm so excited to try some of these challenges because I think you'll be ahead of the curve with them. Yeah, I think for some reason it's something that I have a bit of a skill in. I don't really know what. It doesn't help for like trying to manage your calories because <laughs> I can't rely on my own eating to slow me down. Like if anything, anything I put near me gone in seconds so when you've got to do the is it the chris tarrant method of using a really small spoon it's not chris tarrant paul mckenna is it so chris tarrant's the guy who is like a former journalist who presented who wants to be a millionaire but there's a guy who is similar in many ways called paul mckenna who's a famous like uh hypnotist yeah yeah he was like, hi, I'm Paul McKenna. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, in, it comes from like a similar era of TV where he's got like the natural, spends a lot of time in Mallorca, wears similar suits. Like, probably mates with Michael Barrymore. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, Rob. probably best mates with Chris Tarrant, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he produced a book called Think Your Way Thin, which was about like, eating slowly and, and and tapping your tapping your pressure points and if you do that then then you lose weight as you eat Amazing. where has this podcast ended up well i think that was a very nice one <laughs> somewhere threaded in amongst it is is a tip that you can take away and and, and put into place deeply powerful <laughs> deeply powerful right, bye want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. 
If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.